Welcome to LA Yam Podcast. Know your roots. This is a podcast to create a community of young adults in LA by getting to know each other, by talking about our life and faith, and sharing our stories. Through this, not only do we want to get to know each other, but also by having this community, we want to love God, support our true parents, and embrace each other. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, Know Your Roots, hosted by Judy, Marin, and Takamasa. Today, we have another guest from our community. Please welcome Kodai Abe. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. How are you feeling, Kodai? I am feeling great. You know, I've been watching some of your podcasts and I was、oh. like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so it really is an honor to be on this you know, podcast. You know, finally,、wow. you know, main spotlight delivering、uh, my <laughs> life, my life story, the struggle.、Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Quite a lot、I'm、of、excited. them. I thought I'd have time to share all of them here.、Mm. Yeah, I look、yeah. forward to hearing that. All right, let me share Kodai's、um, bio. He's currently 24 years old and was born and raised in LA. Currently studying business management at CSU Fullerton, Cal State University Fullerton. And yeah, have, he's been helping out with CARP for five years, now serving as regional leader in LA. And He has multiple spiritual children, including a Christian pastor. Wow. Yeah, wow. That's, that's a lot of amazing stuff already. <laughs> But、um, yeah, let's see. Born and raised. So you, you, you're, you've always been in LA? Yeah, and it's,、um, I, don't know, I don't ever plan on moving out of here. It's a beautiful place to live. You know, recently、mm. I just came back from Montana. And、ah. it is a naturesque place over there, too. A、uh, tightish community, but you know, it's really nothing compared to what LA has to offer. <laughs> oh. <laughs>、uh, what's, what's the favorite part of LA? Like, oh, just like all the things to do, I'd say.、Uh, definitely the food, the wide range of food that we have here,、yeah. uh, the options when you ever want to you know, hang out. <laughs>、mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of choices to have, and definitely the community. I think I've built a fairly strong relationship with a you know, good amount of people here. So it's really hard to you know, kind of like leave this area. So it's really、mm. fascinating and beautiful. That's nice.、Yes. Very true. Yeah, definitely. LA is diverse and a good place to be.、And、then studying business management a n d CSU Fullerton. Why did you choose business management? Do you have a reason? <laughs> Yeah, so、uh, it's funny. Initially, my original major was into engineering, or more specifically,、mm-hmm. environmental engineering. And I took,、uh, I was at a community college at El Camino College, and、uh, I heard one, their physics class, you know, as an engineer, you had to take physics. And I heard、mm-hmm. their classes over there w a s one of the hardest classes, like even harder than Cal State, harder than UC's. And、really? so, I just, yeah, I took this physics class and I saw how hard it was. It was, <laughs> it was <laughs> difficult. And then from that one class I took, I was like, okay, I'm not going to be an engineering major. Nah, not this. <laughs> not this. I got to change course. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, I, I can't see myself being successful in this field.、So、maybe change into business. <laughs> they, they,、mm-hmm. they go to alternative for a lot of people, which actually I think it was a blessing because I actually enjoy you know, business and what it offers and what I do、mm-hmm. with it. So, I initially wanted to do something in my own field, like establish、uh, like our own company, establish our own enterprise,、yeah. et cetera. So it needs a lot more concrete like, you know, thinking about, but that's the initial reason why I chose management specifically as to how、mm. I can manage my future business. Wow. I didn't stop. Do you have any idea of like business? What kind of business you want to do? Yes. <laughs> my, my first thought was a clothing line. I was,、oh. uh, yeah, I was super into streetwear. And so I have a lot of、uh, streetwear that I spent you know, <laughs> incredible amounts of money on that I don't want to <laughs> reveal here. I spent a lot of money on like, you know, clothing, shoes, 
that I was really into that. It was like my hobby almost. And so I also wanted to design something. I even thought of a company logo, like name brands and everything. I looked into what it requires and, and that was my first original idea. My next idea was um, like developing like these protein bars. And so it's very limited in like the flavors that we offer here, right? It's just like chocolate, vanilla, <laughs> etc. like bland ones here and there and then i was i wanted to kind of like open it up to like the asian demographic and so i was thinking about like more what's some more asian like flavory ideas and i was thinking oh, about not that. of flavor natto <laughs> no 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 for protein bar uh, no oh no 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 I'm gonna go bankrupt um, no, real no. quick. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. I lose money from that oh. idea. <laughs> but my my ideas were kind of like matcha, like flavor. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> not <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> not not cool. I don't okay, know how sorry. Good that was. <laughs> yeah, so wow. Those are some ideas I had in mind. Um, it's still an ongoing process. That's exactly what I want to establish. But I do want to eventually open it up where you know the other you know. VCs can also join and help in and work mm. to uh, the business too. Yeah. So taking that into account. Young spirit, young spirit. Okay, and then you, you mentioned two things uh, after that, like CARP, your participation in CARP and uh, multiple spiritual children. And, you know, I think this might come up more appropriately in the next segment. So I might leave that for the next part. And then lastly, um, I left one part off. I, you said you guarantee I love, I can guarantee I love Coca-Cola more than anyone. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> but Coca-Cola is bad for you, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's also kind of like an ongoing like a joke here in, mm. uh, in the park community too. But you know, it is true. Um, like I love Coca-Cola. Um, I, I work at a restaurant. And at the restaurant, we have fountain drinks, and literally, you know, everyone will be drinking water when they're dehydrated, when they're thirsty. I'm yeah. over here always drinking Coke, and everyone Dang. just yeah, I drink Coke, and I, I love Coke so much. I even my Zoom backgrounds, I have multiple Coke backgrounds. <laughs> on my phone, I have wallpaper. My wallpapers are Coca-Cola. Oh my! Oh gosh. my! Wow. Wow, that's no joke. <laughs> it, it, it does. I don't know what it is. It's just, I think it's just God's creation. <laughs> it has to have been made in the Garden of Eden somewhere. That's it's like so a place of somewhere in the Garden of Eden. Oh yeah. Wow. Awesome. I'll be thinking about God every time I see Coca-Cola now. Too <laughs> 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 good. Thanks for sharing Kodai. And I'd like to transition to our next segment. I now hand it off to Judy. All right. Okay, so now we are going to move into the heart of this podcast where we can learn about you. So let's dig deep in your roots. So first question is, what is your root of faith? Was there any moment you decide to commit to your faith? I know you're like a regional leader of COP, uh, leader of COP, right? So I'm guessing you have like strong faith, but what's the root of the faith? Yeah. Um, yeah, as a regional leader, I think uh, not just as a regional leader, but you know, anyone with like a this position, right, in mm. terms of like a church organization or like you guys too. And on the surface, you know, it just seems like, oh, you got, you, you've established like a fairly strong root, root of faith, but uh, we don't really know how we you know, got to this process. And so I'm just very grateful that you know, that's one of the beauties as, you know, why I really enjoy these podcasts, just see mm. the development of what people have to go through. Yeah. And so, yeah, my root of faith is ultimately like what you mentioned, of, I think it stems from CARP. Um, the, mm. the various conditions that we did with it and the activities, events uh, that we helped shape up and create. Mm. Um, yeah, just having like a group of people to hold you accountable as well. Mm. So I remember back when 
know, my lack of faith wasn't you know the strongest. It was actually very weak. Um, but nonetheless, I was in this position, like this board member position in El Camino College Carp. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we do was we have these nightly prayer gatherings where uh, my two beautiful, beautiful brothers, I mean, Matengo Kawa and Kyosei Nagai, they were the president, vice presidents of you know, Carp mm-hmm. in El Camino. And you know, we, every night we gather to just pray. Course, every night I mean like really every like every day yeah like every every night they will come over to my house and we go to wow. like a nearby park we pray there or you know we go we go in someone's car and then we make our own you know hot box of prayer <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah it's uh yeah so we do this on a nightly basis and you know, when i realized you know my faith and you know, my prayer was you know, getting deeper and deeper uh, my faith you know, was in God and two parents was getting deeper and deeper. And mm. So even uh, as you know, growing up, I just, God bless my family. It's, I grew up in a loving family. Uh, mm. You know, we actually had, you know, these nightly greetings. That I'm sure you guys also do. Right? Where we, you know, bow in front of, you know, two parents' picture. We kind of offer a closing prayer and close off the night. And mm. oh, I, this was like the, I guess, tradition that my family would you know, keep doing. And then, wow. uh, yeah, so here and there, like we would, my, my family would miss these closing prayers, like closing greetings. And I just remember I would just, oh, like I would go by myself and offer the closing prayer by myself. <laughs> when was that? Like, like this was when I was young. Uh, it was probably like early teens. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So growing up, I was, you know, I really had this firm faith, you know, in mm-hmm. God and you know, true parents. Um, which I guess I'll discuss uh, later very soon as to how uh, that kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, as we kind of grew older and older, these, uh, I guess these conditions that are important to us to establish, you know, to firmly root our faith, you know, kind of like started disappearing in my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm more of an introvert. <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people, really? which is very weird, because a lot of a lot of people don't think that way about me, because they all they see is you know this you know, very happy, easy going, yeah. you know, carefree brother <laughs> who, yeah. who always jokes a lot, sometimes too much. Um, and they, they just assume I'm an extrovert, <laughs> but in reality, I'm a super introvert. And mm. um, I remember uh, just going to church when I was young. Um, I I just attend because I knew that you know, it's something that my parents wanted from me. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was hard to um, actually kind of like form relationships because of my introvertedness. And mm-hmm. I just, myself after service, I'd just be you know, standing alone or I'd just be standing with my dad. I'm just oh, kind of talking okay. to my dad or just, you know, on my phone while my other siblings, right? They're, you know, with their group of friends. You know, mm-hmm. every people who's around my age, you know, they're with their group of friends. And I just see myself, you know, kind of like almost distance. From everyone else mm. and then it started to kind of be uh, to the point where i started to think about myself like well why am i even attending the church in the first place mm. uh, i'm not really gaining much enjoyment out of this if anything i'm just i'm just placing myself in an awkward position mm. and so yeah and then you know this and then i went on to my high school i guess days and I started being more social in high school. I was and got really social in high school, and, it's, and I actually started mm-hmm. to enjoy my time away from church. And, you know, it started mm-hmm. to be a point where every Sundays I almost actually stopped going to church because of I wanted to socialize with you know people that I can actually talk to. Right. And at church, I go and who am I going to talk to? There's no one. I don't know anyone. <laughs> Even though I grew up going to church, my like, like, you know, all mm-hmm. my life, I still didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And I, yeah, so I started to see kind of like me drifting away uh, from the mm-hmm. church environment. And then right, I think it's a really dangerous thing because uh, then I started to question you know, my life of faith now that I mm-hmm. see myself more distant from church. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really how Satan gets a hold of you. Right? You kind of like drift you away at first and then you question some things and then you start to think like, well, is this truly what I believe in? And you can see this pattern appear even within the Bible as well, where you know, people you know, who are away from their central figure side to question their central figures. 
And so it got to a point where I just completely stopped coming to church. And uh, every Sundays, I would just sleep in. My mom would just be knocking on my room. Like, oh, I wake up. We got to go to church. You haven't been going in a while. But you know, every time I just ignore her, or I'm just like, no, mom, uh, I'm not going today or next week or this whole year. And so that's, I just start to see myself where you know, I'm just losing my faith. Mm. And, um, and then it's, this is where I kind of like, kind of see the real importance of really practicing and mm. that prayer, right? These habits, and just mm. even going to churches, right? That's a habit that was something that you may not initially understand the vital reason as to why you're going, but nonetheless, you need to have it, right? The habit of closing, you know, with your family at the end of night. And that's a mm. habit that keeps your life of faith intact. And these prayer conditions, you know, anything, right. any responsibilities that you have, and that's what ultimately mm. grounds you. So I think that is where my root of faith comes from. And that's how I come to recognize how important it is. Wow. So it's like a condition. So you said like uh, you were kind of struggling or like you didn't see any reason why going to church when you were like middle school or high school? Was that? Yeah, I so, said more high school. Mm, so that was like a struggle. Oh, definitely. Um, but of course, that's <laughs> a struggle that I'm sure mm. everyone here has gone through at some point in different scales. But nonetheless, yeah. It's, it's yeah. part of the life of faith. Mm. It's true. That, that story is like so similar to my brother, like what happened to my brother. Like, you know, he was really social in the school and then he was like having so much fun in school and the school friends. So he didn't come back to the church. Like he was like, oh, I don't want to go to church. And then even now, like he's not going to church. But like, how did you overcome like what was the point like why you decide to you know go back to the church was there any like event happen or yeah mm, yeah there's cl one clear moment that has you know, shifted my life of faith 180 degrees and and this is you know still around um this was in my college time. And so throughout my high school, my life of faith was, you know, almost zero, right? And then mm -hmm. going into college, I, you know, I got a, basically, a, so, so one of the brother asked me if I can help out with CARP in El Camino mm -hmm. College. And then, you know, nat naturally, you know, he was a good brother of mine. I, was, you know, I didn't want to say no. I just wanted to you know, just help establish the carp chapter there. And then once it's established, I'm like, you know, bye-bye. I did. I fulfilled my responsibility. Really? I fulfilled my duty. I'm going back to what I was doing. Mm. And so that's, that's how I got the, I guess, the board position as, you know, carp. And you know, he, here and there, you know, we did different, like, conditions, right? We did different events. But it never re truly felt like it's my desire, you know, to do this. Mm just felt like more like okay why am i really doing this i'm just trying to help out i don't want to make my i don't want to let my friends down right so that's why i'm just doing it they mm. want me to do it so i'm gonna try to do my best to help out mm. so so it was a good amount of year where i was in carp where it's just me kind of like going with the flow not really intaking anything um, and that, I was really gaining much. And mm. every year with CARP, we actually have uh, this workshop in Vegas at the IPEC building. And this is every winter. We have like a workshop for a whole week, um, mm. going through different courses, like learning POC. We have different renowned lectures, and going through mm. children's life course. And this was in winter of 2017 when I attended this uh, workshop. And no, I initially didn't want to go to this workshop. I was, it was just, of course, like, you know, someone told me to go. I was like, no, that's a pretty big commitment, you know, going mm. for like a solid week. And then, you no, know, yeah. because I work too, my work was pretty, uh, it's not the easiest to find covers. You got to make, you know, mm. a pretty good amount of effort to find all these different covers. And so you know, the workshop started and I was, I was already like, you know, decided like, you know, I'm not going. Like probably three mm. days into the workshop and it's still going on I'm like i'm not going but then 
I just kind of like received this message from one of my able figures like, oh, are you still planning on coming to this workshop, even if it's like half of it? And I was just kind of like contemplating, like, I really want to go to this. And then I, uh, I just kind of like gave it a shot. And I was like, you know, why not? Uh, I was like, if I find a cover, maybe mm -hmm. I'll go. Yeah. So that night, I was working that night. And then I, and I remember I was trying to find covers. I was asking my coworkers who were working that shift. I was texting people. And God, I guess God was good. And he, mm. he allowed me to find covers for the rest of the remaining workshop at Turning Point. And so I was like, oh, well, I guess I found my covers. I guess I'm free to go. <laughs> so uh, it was also at, at a point where I was kind of like being more curious into, um, a little bit more curious into, you know, what this, what this you know, path had to offer, like what this whole movement is. And so I actually decided like that night I got off work around like 10 o'clock or something. And I actually mm. went back home, booked the flight that night of, and then took a plane to Vegas, like basically right after that shift. And so I was like, okay, if I'm going to attend, then I want to make sure I'm committed. I don't, mm. don't want to, you know, attend something where I'm just kind of like half-heartedly, right? Especially if it's you know, making commitment to fly all the way and buy tickets. And I want to make mm. sure I go all the way. And so within that, uh, that day, I think the second day of me arriving, we had Reverend Young, who was you know, a former senior pastor at the LA Family Church. Mm -hmm. He was there and he provided the True Parents Life course. And you know, upon hearing this, he went through True Father's Life course specifically. And, and he was talking about moments before he uh, passed away. How he was offering, you know, even though he was you know, needed to be in the hospital, he provided with you know oxygen tank tanks. Mm -hmm. He needed to lie down in the hospital, but you no, know, his father was like, no, I I still have work to do. I still had things I need to take care of, and he just got up and went to, um, yeah, offer a, a prayer. Had a conducted a meeting, um, yeah, with his people there. And I just see the effort that he's going through even moments before his death. And the final prayer that he offered before he passed away, um, it was a very sincere prayer. Um, um, just really his relationship and all that he went through uh, throughout mm -hmm. his course of his life, you know, for God. And at the very end of his prayer, he said, it's very, I think this is the part that really struck out to me the most, which is, it has been done. And I just thought to myself, you know, what does that really mean? Like, it has been done. I don't, you know, we, we, after that prayer, you know, we see that, you know, Father passed away. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking to myself, oh, you know, this great, you know, renowned man that, you know, my family, you know, deeply respected, you know, growing up, you know, he passed away, you know, what does this really mean? Mm -hmm. And what is this last message? Like, it has been done. Right? And I start to get, I just think about how the reality of this world is. This mm -hmm. world is in you know, deep trouble. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's fairly obvious. So you ask anyone on the streets, like, is this world you know, perfect? Is this world the ideal world? I'm sure most people say no. So I just clearly see that, you know, someone like you know, Father needs to still be around. You know? Someone mm -hmm. like Father who has been fighting for God, you know, to bring about God's culture on, on this world still needs to be around. So then that's when I start to think that, oh, I need, you know, true father still alive mm -hmm. on this earth. I still need, you know, true parents. Mm -hmm. And then I start to think like, what does he mean by it has been done? You know, I, we still need you in this world. We still need you to be alive and healthy. We need you to continue leading for us. We need you to attend all these, give all these different speeches, powerful speeches throughout the world. You know, we, we still need you. Mm -hmm. so, and then... I'm just kind of thinking, considering those words, it has been done. Like, what has he created? What are the things that he has done? And I start to see that, you know, the thing that he has created is you know, really us. Right? Even we are the testament to his life. So even the, our parents, right? our family, the uh, community that we have is what he has created. And mm -hmm. what, the way I took that, those final words is that you know, it has been done. He has created all the foundation that was necessary for, you know, this world peace to finally uh, be made possible. 
Mm. He has created that foundation and it's just really up to us to continue fulfilling what he has started. And mm. so and just hearing that two parents life course, I was like, wow, I've been thinking about you know, two parents wrongly well, for you know, throughout past, past my life and mm. just really felt repentful. And I just remember I was crying for the first time. I was, mm. <laughs> I, I've never cried when I prayed. Now, of course, probably mm. my prayers weren't so sincere, but that night was the first time I ever cried. Praying, mm. and I crying and crying the next night too. I'm just like, you know, what has my life been like? You know, why was I, why was I thinking about all these negative things? Why was I having doubts to our two parents in this movement when they're mm-hmm. clearly, you know, the ones that, you know, need to be in this world, like the ones who's been fighting their entire lives mm-hmm. for the sake of us, really. And yeah, that's ultimately led to that shift in my life of faith. And that's why I made that commitment and told God, you know, okay, okay, God, from here on out, my life is for you from here on out your parents my life is dedicated for you ever since then it's been a complete 180 degrees my life has been so much more amazing with that (laughs) that was a key factor in my faith that has led to where i am today for sure Mm. the turning point turning point is that the workshop yes turning point 2017 became your turning point yeah. wow i want to hear like who you like who are true parents to you right now like before and you know after the turning point or even right now like mm. who's true parents <clears throat> to you yeah and so of course like i mentioned growing up i was more faithful um mm. I, I i just knew that it's someone that my parents deeply respected you know of course it's every morning we wake up super early to just offer mm. prayers do some hundoke conditions every night we do some vows and i also knew that it's someone pretty controversial because i invite my friends over and we gotta hide the two parents pictures away. <laughs> oh you guys did that i did that too <laughs> yeah. mom why are you hiding those away <laughs> so i just knew it's someone deeply uh, respectful right someone to be respected and of course you know, con- quite controversial i remember i was holding a dp and i kind of just tossed it onto my bed and my dad kind of scolded me he was like oh why are you tossing a dp Oh, he has a picture of two parents on it. I was like, oh, okay. And that's and this was around when I was about 10 or something. Uh, that's my oh. kind of like, the concept. Of, okay, well, two parents, it's uh, really some, someone really great, huh? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay. like my parents mm. get uh, scolded to me. So, yeah, um, of course, um, with when I when I was in high school, is when I started questioning my life of faith. And, of course, mm. questioning parents identity too um no, more so of their concept of you know if the, their his claim as the messiah right? mm. and so well, since i knew that you know they were you know claiming to be the messiah and kind of like drew conclusions kind of compared to jesus you know who was the messiah mm. like how to discover who true parents were through that comparison mm. so i just thought to myself you know who was jesus and mm. jesus right only begotten son of god uh, he that he fought hard to bring and shed light to this world i find mm. first to deliver that you know god is our father and even though the whole world was against him right, he was still able to cling on and hold on to god and stay true to his beliefs and no matter how people no matter how hard people criticize him like, he still kept doing what he did he still kept mm. preaching he still um, move kept moving forward because mm. he knew that this was the truth and this is what god wants and desires mm. and so i just compared that you know with true parents and then i just i'm just studying their life i just see that you know they were able to sacrifice their entirety of their lives and to finally deliver this truth and they were able to cling on to you know god no matter how difficult situations got and I just, you know, just kind of asked myself, like, who, who is able to even do all this? You know, no, mm. normal human beings can endure all of it. Like, trust me, I had my fair share of hardships. I'm barely mm. still on this line. Mm. <laughs> so, and they go to something that I myself can't physically comprehend. 
right? Mm. It's a hundred times, even a thousand times greater than what I have to go through, you know, throughout, mm. throughout my most difficult times, still a thousand times more difficult. And I just ask myself, well, who is able to actually commit themselves to a life even after throughout these hardships? And that's someone who clearly knows who God is because he knows what God's intention is, God's heart. And that's only through the Messiah. Mm. So that's when I started to well, then start to believe that, okay, true parents has to be the Messiah. They mm. are no normal human beings. Only the Messiah can go through all these paths of blood, sweat, tears throughout their whole life and finally and still keep going at it. Mm. So that's why it's someone I highly respect mm. and I will continue to deeply respect. And I want my kids to respect. Mm. Okay, well, so like after the, the workshop, you came super faithful and not even now you're work, you know, doing working or doing a lot of things for a carp and like even you're you know you have spiritual children <laughs> that's amazing but like i'm sure you you know some there are ups and downs right so i want to ask like what do you do for to maintain your faith like how do you get like energy to keep going mm. yeah so one aspect it goes back to that first question in terms of tradition um mm -hmm. it really helps of if you have like this condition and something mm -hmm. that you always do to refer back to when you are kind of like <laughs> treading off the path into the wrong path you have this kind of resource to kind of go back to get you on the right foot mm -hmm. and so for me that's you know really what i essentially what i do is, is with helping out with carp and all mm. these different conditions, all these different meetings, calls. And of course, the most important thing is reporting up too. Mm. And I start to see more so the value of reporting. Of course, initially something that you know, not a lot of people enjoy, but it's really a blessing right, to have like an able figure present before you who can guide you. Mm. We ourselves may not be able to find that clear answer directly from God. You know, it might take some time through prayer, but you know, through immediate you know, able, there are immediate able figures, right? We can find out that in answer in an instant. Mm. So just ha having the uh, habit of reporting, and that's what allows me to mainly you know, get back to my roots. Mm. That God provides, you know, all the tools and all the, you know, instruments, the environment, you know, for us to really pave that path of like that spiritual success in our life. But, you know, we because we kind of hold on to our own beliefs, right? Like we take action based on what we think is right. Mm. But in reality, you know, we may not really know what's right and wrong, but our right. able figures definitely knows a lot more. Right? Mm. So that's like that environment that the God is providing for us. And then mm. that's why we have to utilize that resource. I don't want to call my able figures resource, but you know what I mean, right? So <laughs> you know, reporting up to my ables is you know, what I, how I you know, maintain my correct path. Mm, so that's the habit all right so like i I, I have never been part of carp before so like how does it work like everyone has able figure so like they report it or like talk to the able figure like every day or like is it weekly thing oh yeah so with carp we we highly value the relationship with you know cane enable like the cane enable mm -hmm. unity super important not just in cart but throughout wherever you go if you don't have a clear able then really your direction is almost lost mm. and so i that's truly why i think carp la is so thriving and successful is because we mm. have powerful people figures in our community mm. and so every single board member right, those who's kind of like initializing helping lead carp they have their own able figures and their mm. able figures have their able figures and they're able figures also as able figures. So you kind of see this chain, you know, like this constant flow of, <laughs> I guess, cane enable unity coming throughout the board. Mm. And so, yeah, that's the, um, oh, and <laughs> I guess that's mm. the overall structure as to how CARP runs. And so mm. and we have probably like once a week, I'd say, with calls with our able figures to kind of like discuss, making sure 
uh, like what we're doing is right, you know, where what our next plan is, what we should do mm-hmm. from forth. And yeah, it's just basically carp in general, we try to restore the college campus. And that mm. the beauty of that is, you know, in college especially, I think that's when people are most seeking. Right? Mm. In high school, that's when, you know, it's, it's kind of like having fun, kind of like want to socialize, mingle. College, you get a little bit more serious. Right? Like, I don't have time to party. I got to make sure I get a correct <laughs> my life. And that's why, you know, if people are, you know, truly seeking. We go out witnessing mm. on college campuses. And we ask, you know, people, you know, these different eight, uh, we have eight questions, eight sets of questions that we ask students. And we see mm. that in my sense, everyone is seeking, right? Everyone mm. wants to, the original mind is seeking for this truth. And it's, mm. God is just waiting for, you know, one of us to approach this person and deliver, you know, this divine principle to them. And so yeah, that's uh, the beauty of what, uh, that's why I really enjoy what I do with CARP is just I get to that mm. yeah, right, for God to work through these students that are essentially lost and seeking. Mm, that's beautiful. Wow. Yeah, I want to I want to do what missing sometimes. I did it. I did it in Japan, but like I never tried here. Like in Japan, it was like three days, like really short. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Um, before I start witnessing it was kind of really hard like i was like so nervous and like you know i was like i don't know what to do <laughs> but like after like day one day two i kind of enjoyed a little bit i mean like and then like i found like one person who wanted to like learn divine principle and then that was so beautiful i i was like wow it's really powerful like i i was gaining a lot of energy through my guests too so like but like, yeah i don't know if she became like you know church member or not i'm not really following but like i wanted to ask like how do you feel about becoming a spiritual parent oh. <laughs> i'm so curious it's uh yeah and i feel like i understand what it feels like to have my own children to my spiritual mm. children like some mm. concepts of um how to properly raise Mm. what's required for them to really understand who god is how can i get them to really see the beauty in what you know what your parents has to offer and it really is a i think it's really essential i think for uh preparing myself for you know future families it's Mm. um of course different uh it's different realm of you know relationship where you're almost responsible for the literally responsible for the life of you know the person you know in front mm-hmm. of you and so just each and every single reading is crucial each and every single moment how you take care of them how you message them becomes crucial mm-hmm. and just really allows me to you know, see more like responsibility as a you know parent in the future mm-hmm. uh, so it really is a blessing um, that i was able to fortunately have multiple of these occurrences so. yeah how, how many children? <laughs> i'm just curious how many spiritual uh, children do you have so one two three four i say like uh, five 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 and like a spiritual grandson too wow <laughs> that's amazing i heard like i mean like my parents um time like you have to have at least three spiritual children to get blessing right right and since preparing for the blessing right you are ready for blessing (laughs) (laughs) no um, they always say you're never ready for the blessing but oh yeah Um, something you won't be able to fully understand you just got to take a leap at it Mm -hmm. i can tell have a yeah. whole conversation with you as to you know how you were unprepared, but you know you took that out. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you were prepared. <laughs> I, mean, I was. I wasn't prepared. But uh, yeah, but well, yeah, I, I want to hear about your thought about blessing too. Like, do you, are you? I don't know if you want to share like you're preparing or like how do you. What do you feel about blessing? Yeah, so yeah, blessing is definitely, well, the, as the name implies, it truly is a blessing. I, I really mm. think that 
And I think it's a beautiful gift that God has given, right, ever since the time of creation. How he, you know, where it is the opportunity for God to you know, finally exist and dwell within the realm of the family level. Mm. So, you know, I think about the blessing, especially since you know, I'm not match or bless at this moment. I'm just thinking mm. how exciting it will be, but also mm. nerve wracking you know, because it's your eternal spouse, right? So, you're bound to go through <laughs> many trials, right? Many tribulations together. Mm. <laughs> but mm. nonetheless it's incredibly beautiful and i can see the beauty within you know like you guys right within the mm. community those who are blessed right? all the blessed mm. parents and mm. i think comparing you know like this community that we have here and within outside it's truly is completely different because mm. of the blessed family that we have mm. so i really think that, well, that of course our first step you know where it's no longer Know, where you know blessing is where i'm not living just for myself anymore right but it's more of you and your spouse <laughs> right. I, was talking, I was talking to mark your husband <laughs> yeah. what, I asked, what did he say <laughs> i asked mark like oh yeah are you free this and this day and mark was like you know i don't know I, I i might be free but you know once you're blessed it's not more like i it's not an i thing but it's a we and what it like and so yeah it's um in that sense of course i enjoy i do enjoy my fair share of the single life at the moment mm -hmm. <laughs> i plan to keep continuing to enjoy until i <laughs> do right, right, have right. a spouse who knows when i don't know where <laughs> where my future spouse will come from uh, but i i know that god has someone in mind already just won't tell me who. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's funny because uh, I in elementary school, I remember, you know, for some reason in elementary school, we were already talking about relationships and everything, like, oh, yeah, girlfriend, boyfriend, all that. I told my mm -hmm. friends, like, oh, yeah, I don't got to worry about having a girlfriend because, you know, my parents, <laughs> parents are going to give me a girlfriend in the future. <laughs> yeah. oh. Elementary school, I was like, you know, I'm going to get matched by you know, my parents or, you know, mm. true parents. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm very futuristic, so I just <laughs> <laughs> I just always yeah, I, I was same. I was same though. Like I was telling my like all elementary school student uh, friends, like I have a husband somewhere. <laughs> so like, don't talk to me about the boys. I was saying that. So like, I was like so proud of like being unificationist at I think that time. Like I didn't know how it's controversial, but like since my parents were always saying like, oh you are special, you know, you're very special, you're pure. So I thought I'm so special. So that's why I was just telling all my friends about like I have a husband. <laughs> Claiming you have a husband at eight years yeah, old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, yeah, you, your story kind of reminded me of my childhood. <laughs> okay. Wow, oh, I'm just okay. imagining all the third gen babies that's like running around the church. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful sight to see. Yeah. And then calling me Uncle Kodai and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds cool. Okay, so this is going to be the last question, but the key question. So what does it mean to live a principled life? Hmm. Does it mean to live a principled life? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I could give you, you know, like that simple DP-based answer. You know, live according to the way God wants you to live by fulfilling the three great blessings. <gasps> <laughs> Giving joy to <laughs> fulfilling the three great blessings. Um, but to just dive deeper into that. Um, mm. I think it, to live a principled life, you're going to have to learn how to love more than anybody else. I feel. Mm. Learn how to sacrifice more than anyone else. Mm. So, you know, I remember Father saying that you had to receive a doctorate in suffering and become a master of suffering. And so I think that really is true. You can you know, live a principled lifestyle you know, with the way that Unfortunately, this world is run right with the seat mm. and you know, dominating this world. There's, you know, there's, it's very challenging, right, to fulfill what God desires, and naturally, it's gonna lead you to a path where there are 
right? Unpleasant thing, mm -hmm. like there are thorns, right? Prickles in the path. Uh, but nonetheless, how can we endure? How can we learn to love, cultivate our hearts so that we can continue moving forth? And so mm -hmm. I'm just, once again, just bringing up the aspect of how, you know, I just think about the future a lot, but being able to prepare a better foundation for the next generation is something I also think about too. Mm -hmm. I just think that, you know, if I can sacrifice myself right now, and maybe my future children doesn't have to go through the same hardship as you know what I have to go through. Mm -hmm. If I can and, you know, sacrifice myself now, then maybe they might have it a little bit easier, even if mm -hmm. it's slightly, as long as I make some foundation, right? And then you know, it's just going up, and even till now, and my parents tell me their stories you know, within the church, in the early days mm -hmm. of church, that you know, all the activities they did, all the different events they attended, and mm -hmm. of course, I'd be amazed. I'm like, wow, you did all that? Or wow, you, you experienced all that within this movement? And just always be excited and baffled. Like, wow, my parents are great. My parents are awesome. Like, they went through all this. And I just kind of think about you know, myself. You know, I just, I don't want to be that parent where, you know, my children ask me like, hey, dad, what did you do for this movement? And I just mm -hmm. simply answer like, Actually, I didn't really do anything. I, mm. I didn't do much for this movement. And that's the last thing I want to be able to say. I want to be able to have a story you know, for my future mm. children. I want to be able to have them see the beauty of what our movement offers. It's not just reply with, you know, I just I just came to church every Sunday and ate donuts. I, 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 <laughs> I don't want that to be my answer, but... I really, this youth is really precious because you know, before we get into the blessing, right? That's a crucial, I guess, a crucial time and crucial moments where we have that more so freedom to engage with our individual relationship with God. We can do mm. freedom to do this and that, go out country to do this, go out of states to do that. And so mm. I just really value the moment I have right now so I can build up, you know, of course, my relationship with God, but as well as build up my story that I can pass down. How can mm. I inspire my future children and not just become a, let's just say, a, I guess a Sunday Christians where all I say was I just attended church on Sundays and that's about it. Mm. So mm -hmm. that's what it truly means with a principal lifestyle. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. That, that, that kind of hit me like what I did to this movement you know like I don't want to be like oh I just I just did Sunday service that's it I just want to achieve or like do something for this movement too so thank you so much okay uh, all right so that was the um, end of the um, main question part so now I will pass to Maureen for the closing <laughs> So again, thank you, Kodai. Um, thank you for being our guest and for sharing. And I, you know, definitely agree. Um, agree, and also as you were talking about, you know, sharing about the sufferings you've gone through in your journey, you know, in this life of faith of yours, I really do think that you know, suffering is vital. It's essential in kind of elevating you to the next level, and also being able to relate with a wider range of people and i think mm -hmm. because of the life that you've led you are able to you know it's a testament to the fact that you have all these spiritual children um and you can't you know there's a level of i think heart that i think as human beings we can grow once we've you know suffered and gone through those hard times and so yeah so thank you for sharing and it was a good reminder for me too um mm -hmm. Kodai, can you popcorn our next guest, please? Yes. For our next guest, I would like to choose my wonderful brother, Kengo Kawa. Woo! Excited. Right. Awesome. And we will now send you off with the quote of the month. So, Kodai, if you can share your quote. Yes. And so I like to provide a quote and kind of provide a little bit of brief explanation behind that, why I chose that quote. 
Awesome. So the quote I chose is a quote I heard from one of the sermons, I believe, from a pastor. And he said, Sometimes to find the answer, you have to take a leap of faith. And I really hold that to be true within my life. And if I wasn't able to take that leap of faith, you know, from attending that you know, turning point workshop, and then I wouldn't have been here right now if I didn't take that leap. And you know, it's something that you know, uh, Dr. Young mentioned fairly recently during our CART Momentum workshop in Texas. And like, what if you don't want to like take this leap of faith? And so I uh, kind of like, let's say you don't believe in God. Right? Then you're sent to the spirit world and there is no God. And well, that's fine, right? There is no God. I'm not saying there is no God, but of okay. course there is a God. But let's just, <laughs> those who don't believe. For those who don't believe, let's just say there is no God. Mm-hmm. But let's say you do ascend to the spirit world, right? Thinking that there is no God, right? Then you, you know, you ascend and there is a God. And now you're like, uh-oh. Oh, shoot. <laughs> My life in the physical world hasn't been the greatest. I'll oh, shoot. I don't think I can mm-hmm. dwell up in heaven. Right? And so if you do practice, you know, that path of faith, your life turns to something so beautiful, actually. And you start to see many drastic changes, you know, within the relationship you have around you, right? just being mm-hmm. with the community where it's so loving and caring. And your life just gets infinitely so much better. And, you know, if even if there is a God or even if there is no God, right? even if you practice that life of faith, then your life just gets so much better. Right? There really is no reason not to practice a life of faith. And so that's so why I highly encourage everyone to start practicing and everyone to kind of take that leap of faith within their life and surely god can work through that leap like god can work through that investments that you are willing to make so that's what happened to myself and many other people so i'm sure mm-hmm. it can happen to all you guys too awesome well that is a great reminder for anyone out there right now um debating on a decision take that leap of faith <laughs> <laughs> this is your <laughs> this is your sign. Um, and so again, thank you everyone for listening to this episode and please leave a review or any comments on Facebook group page or Instagram. Bye. 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 Thank, thank you. you.